0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia.
1: Grab your Bibles, turn with me please. Two places we're going to begin today, uh, two really familiar passages of Scripture. One is in John, the Gospel of John chapter 1, and the second is the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, John 1 and Luke 4. We'll start in verse 1 in in John. We'll start in verse 18 in Luke 4. I hear pages flipping, so I'll give you just a second to get there. John 1 and Luke 4. John 1 and 1 says this, In the beginning the Word already existed, or in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God. And then verse 14, we're skipping a, a large parenthetical section in that chapter. This is the conclusion of the, of the question that was posed or the, the premise that was posed in verse 1. So the Word, the Word that was with God and was God, the Word became human. He became flesh and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen His glory, the glory of the Father's One and only Son. That should tell you who that is. Now, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus is in his hometown synagogue in Nazareth. He stands to read from the prophet Isaiah. He turns to this passage or, or finds this passage on the scroll and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and God, I pray today that you would give us the humility to, uh, to hear your word, to hear it for what it says, uh, to uh, understand how it applies to us, and the courage, Lord, to walk that out in our lives. Lord, would you change our lives and set us free by your word. And Lord, we lift up these ladies that, uh, that they met yesterday at the house of Cherith. Lord, I pray that you would be with this lady as she goes to trial tomorrow. God, I pray that you would help her even right now, that you would, that you would overwhelm her with a peace that surpasses her ability to even understand, that she knows what's ahead of her, but there's just this peace that's captured her. And, Lord, I pray that she walk in that peace, even as she walks into the courtroom, even as she takes the stand. I pray that you'd give her peace, that you are with her, and that you yourself are defending her. And that no matter what happens in that courtroom, that true justice is is meted out, not by a human judge, but by you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are her defender in Jesus' name, and Lord, I pray that for this other lady, Lord, as she, uh, as she takes another step, Lord, as she spends another hour, another day clean and free of the chemicals to which she's been bound, I pray, God, that you would give her strength to endure uh, the discomfort that you would help her, Lord, as she breaks those ties. Emotionally and and physically from those chemicals that have bound her, and I pray, Lord, that you would help her every day, every hour, every moment to continue to walk towards a life that's free. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a a series right now called "The Path to Freedom." The Path to Freedom. It started on uh, July fourth, and if you haven't heard the rest of 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 the messages, I'd really encourage you to go back. I think they make more sense uh, as you see the progression of what God's really doing uh, among us and in us. The premise of the series is really simple, that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be free. But we have far too many believers in the church who are still in chains to habits and attitudes and to ways of thinking or even emotional pain that's holding us back. And the, and the fact is, the, the biblical fact is that Jesus wants to change that. Now, I hope we've discovered uh, lots of truths uh, as we've gone through the series, but two really important ones that I want to point out today. One, that our chains, whatever it is that's holding us back, our chains are issues of the soul. They're soul issues. That's mind, will, and emotions so that's one truth. The other truth is that whatever we're, whatever we're bound by is rooted in sin. Either our sin or somebody else's sin when they sin against us. Now, all of us have areas in which we need to be set free. There's not a single person for whom this message does not apply. All of us have areas of our lives that we need to be free. Anything that has got us stuck in how we think, or in what we feel, or in the decisions that we make, or the actions that we carry out on our daily, in our daily lives. Those are areas of bondage from, we, from which we need to be set free. We need to follow Jesus on this path to freedom. Now last week we started talking about resources that Jesus gave us to help us get free and stay free. Now things that, that he provided for us. The first one was uh, community. He provided us a community of freedom. Jesus demonstrated that when our souls are in need, as His was as He was going into the Garden of Gethsemane, he, uh, he demonstrated for us that we should call on our brothers and sisters to have them around us to be a community of freedom for us. And that community, when it operates biblically the way it should, the, the, the people in that community will humbly and gently restore you back to health back to freedom. They will listen to us. They will pray with us and for us. They'll just be with us as we walk down this path to freedom. Now, today we're going to talk about another resource, um, and and we actually just read about it, the resource of the Word of God. The Word of God is a resource on our path to freedom. You say, well, John, listen, I've read the Bible, um, and, and it just seems like a bunch of dusty old words from thousands of years ago i don't really understand how the word of god makes us free well listen this book is not like any other book that you've ever read if you if you need to understand what it is and where it came from or more, maybe more specifically who it is because this book is alive And this book is powerful, and this book is effective at what it was sent to do. The passage in John helps us to understand why the book is different. It says the Word of God was in the beginning, and that the Word of God was God Himself. Then it says something really interesting. It says the Word of God took on human form. It took on flesh And lived among us. And and then it explains in verse 14 that that was the one and only Son of God. This is Jesus. This book is Jesus. It's not just a bunch of dusty old sayings. This is Jesus Christ himself. There is no way for you to understand the Bible without understanding Jesus. And there's no way for you to understand and come to know Jesus without understanding the Word. They are completely inseparable. That's important for you to remember. You say, okay, John, so that's interesting. Now I know that the Bible is, is different. The Bible is Jesus, so, but I still don't know what that has to do with my freedom, and I don't know what the passage in Luke has to do with that either. Well, this is, this is what the passage in Luke shows us. Jesus stood to declare himself to be the Messiah. He read that passage, which was a messianic prophecy. And when he did, he said, today this has been fulfilled. He's saying to them, I'm the Messiah. They all understood that. Now, um, he, this was his, basically his job description, his mission on this earth. He told them what he had come to do. And because it's the purpose of Jesus, it is by definition also the purpose of the word of God. Jesus is telling us, the purpose of the word. So what did he say he was here to do? He said, I'm here to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, gospel means good news. How is it good news? How is this book good news? Because Jesus was here to be the sacrifice for our sins and to set us free from the power and the penalty of sin. That's good news. He said, also, I came to proclaim or to declare that the captives have been set free. He said, I'm here to heal. Specifically, I'm here to open the eyes of the blind. So Jesus said, I'm here to set people free of the uh, the effects of their illnesses, their diseases, their, their physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional illnesses. He said, I'm here to set the oppressed free. And we know that the word oppressed means those who are crushed by tragedy. So clearly, Jesus is talking about the emotional healing, the soul of the soul wounds that we have. And then lastly, he said, I'm here to declare the favor of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor. This was a reference to something from the Jewish calendar cycle. Every seven years was a year of jubilee. And then on the 50th year, they proclaimed jubilee. And what happened? the, The debts were forgiven. Slaves were set free. Property was restored. It was a time of freedom. So do you see the pattern here? The ministry of Jesus and thus the ministry of the Word of God is is for the purpose of setting people free. Setting people free. Free from sin free from sickness, free from soul wounds, free from chains, free from slavery, free from anything and everything that holds us down and keeps us back. Jesus literally died on the cross to set us free. And then he gave us his word an expression of himself as a resource to help us get free and stay free. Here's a really important question though. So, if that's true, why are so many of us still in so much bondage? Why are we still in chains? If there's anything I know, uh, if I, anything I've ever known in the nine years that I've been leading this church as the pastor, it's that this is the season that God has set aside for us to get free. He wants us free. He wants you free to say amen when I say things like that. He wants us free, and he gave us a resource, a bunch of resources. One of them is the Word of God. So today we're going to talk about the the gospel of freedom. That's today's message, the gospel of freedom. And I want to show you three really practical ways so that the gospel, the word of God, is a resource on our path to freedom. Because this whole deal, the Lord slowed all of us down in this, mostly me, slowed us down and said this has got to be really practical. Not just the what, but the how. Okay? And that's what really the rest of the series is about. So how is it that the word of God, the gospel, is the gospel of freedom? It helps us on our path to freedom. First of all, that the word is truth. The word of God is truth. Do you believe that today? The word is truth. Now, in the 1970s, the late great singer and songwriter, Andre Crouch, wrote these famous lyrics. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is, you 40-somethings, the way. Okay, Jesus is the way. And he's right. Jesus is the way. But before you'll be convinced that Jesus is the answer, you have to understand the nature of the problem. All of our chains, all of the ways we get held back are all rooted in sin. We already established that. Either our sin or somebody else's sin. But, but here's, here's something I want you to understand. Every sin is rooted in a lie. Amen. Every sin is rooted in a lie. Think about it. Isn't that how sin came to be on this earth in the first place? The devil deceived Adam and Eve. He lied to them, and he still lies to us. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. So Deception is his game. He entices us uh, to sin by promising things that sin can never deliver. He lies to us about what sin will do for us. He tells us, hey, doing, doing this is going to satisfy you when the fact is sin never satisfies. It, it, it only draws you deeper and deeper. He tells us, hey, having this will bring, uh, will bring you the life that you've always dreamed of. When the fact is that sin never brings life, the wages of sin is what? Death. It only brings death. He tells us, hey, saying this will make you feel better when all it does when we unle- uh, unleash our tongue is just bring us guilt and regret. So if your chains are rooted in sin, and sin is rooted in lies, then I want you to understand this really simple truth about the chains that you're in. And that's this. What's limiting you is a lie. What's limiting you is a lie. What's holding you back, what's keeping you down, is a lie. Your pain, your addictions... Your chains, your attitudes, your, your mental framework that you can't seem to break through. Everything that limits you and holds you back started with a lie because it started with sin. Now this may surprise you, but that ain't the bad news. That's good news. Now John, why, why is that good news? Because the cure for every lie is the truth. And guess how Jesus described himself in John chapter 14. Not only did he say, I am the way, not only did he say, I am the life, but Jesus said, I am the truth. So Jesus really is the answer for all of the problems of the world, and Jesus is the path to freedom. What's limiting you is a lie, but Jesus is the truth, and the truth does what? It sets you free. Now, here's how this works in a, in a really practical way. Truth, which is the Word of God, replaces the lies that we've already believed. Because every one of us, some area of our life, is, is based upon a lie. We've already believed it. Explore the chains that are holding you down in your life, the things that are holding you back, even the pain that you're experiencing, and track them back to the lie where it all started. And then work your way forward to all the other lies that you've believed uh, as a result. Because you know that no liar ever tells one lie. Hello. Y'all don't know liars? I can introduce you to some. No liar ever tells one lie. Because lies multiply. Once you tell one, you have to tell others. So your chains may have started with one lie, but I promise you the longer you hold on to it and the longer you believe it, the more lies you're going to believe. Now, let me give you an example. Uh, Let's, let's start with an addiction. Let's talk about an addiction. Let's say you have a drinking problem or a substance abuse problem. Why? Why did you take the first drink? Why did you take the first hit? Track it all the way back to the beginning of this chain in your life. Was it curiosity? You, did, you, did you take the first drink or the first hit because you were curious? Well, that's based on the lie that if you don't, then you're missing out on something. That's actually a thing now, isn't it? The FOMO, F-O-M-O fear of missing out. That's a thing. People, people take their first drink, their first hit, not necessarily because they actually want it, but because they're afraid that they're missing something that other people seem to enjoy. Well, what does the truth say? Two scriptures, Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6 and 33. It broke. There it is. Okay. Seek the kingdom of God above all things and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And then Psalm 84, verse 11, the Lord is our son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. Look at this promise. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what's right. You have, you, as a believer, you should have no fear of missing out because anything you need, anything that's good for you, Jesus will add it to your life. He's never going to let you miss out on anything. So you don't have to go stressing about stuff, straining for stuff, looking for stuff. If you need it, he's going to give it to you. You just keep following him. Now, what about, why did you do it for the first time? Was it peer pressure? Well, that's based on the lie that if you don't do what everybody else does, you'll be lonely or you'll be an outcast. It's also based on the lie that you need to be accepted by these little group of people in the first place. The truth is that through Jesus, you're always accepted, you're always loved, and you're respected and honored and favored and blessed when you stand up for your own convictions. Why did you do it in the first time, in the first place? Is it because you had a problem that you were trying to forget about? That's what a lot of people say. I took my first drink because I was just in such a bad place. I just was looking for some peace, just some time to forget about all my problems. Well, that's based on the lie that you can't solve your problems and that you should use this substance to help you cope with your unsolvable problem. That's actually two lies, isn't it? One, that, that your problems are unsolvable. And two, that this substance is actually going to help you. Because the truth is, there is no problem that Jesus can't solve. And not only will that substance not help you, but it makes every, it, it makes every existing problem worse, and it introduces several more problems that you didn't have before you started. Amen. You see what I mean? You have to track back the lie. And what other lies have you believed since then? You hear people say it all the time. Well, I don't really have a problem. Usually if you say I don't really have a problem, is the first indication that you really have a problem. Isn't that right? But that's a lie. Listen, anything that controls how you think or how you act or how you feel and is not named Jesus is a problem. Anything that causes you to lie to hide it or manipulate to do it or steal to maintain it, it's a problem. And the truth is, Jesus is ready to take over the position of control in your life if you'll surrender to Him, whatever that thing is. You hear this all the time. But I can't quit. I just can't stop. I can't quit. I can't quit. That's another lie. Because Jesus is not intimidated by your addiction. His power is greater than alcohol. His power is greater than prescription pills. It's greater than pot or meth or heroin. It's greater than pornography. It's greater than workaholism. The truth is the name of Jesus is greater and more powerful than anything else you can name. And when you surrender your life to Jesus and he comes to make residence in your heart, then greater is he who is in you than anything you're facing on the outside. You can do all things. How? Through Christ who strengthens you, including giving up the habit that lied its way into your life. Whatever's holding you back, track down the lie that started it and every lie you've believed since then, and replace that lie with the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word. Here's a second way that the Word is a resource on our path to freedom. Not only is the Word the truth, but the Word is a weapon. The Word is a weapon. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Let me show it to you. real familiar passage of Scripture again. Put on salvation is your helmet, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is a weapon to be used in our fight against the enemy. But how? You're like, John, I don't understand. That's a metaphorical, uh, it's a metaphorical sword. How is that a weapon? Well, let me show it to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5. Paul said, we are human But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Like, oh, I don't know, a sword of the Spirit? We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. How do we use them? To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle because anything you believe, more than you believe the Word of God, is rooted in pride. Because you've got more faith in that than you do in the word. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Did you, didn't your mama teach you an ounce of prevention is worth... you your mama didn't teach y'all nothing. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right? If you can take captive every thought and as it comes in, like you can't stop the thoughts that fly over, but you can help which ones build a nest. Right? Just because it comes in does not mean you have to let it stay there. So something comes into your mind. And what does it say? You capture it. You go, hold on, you don't get access to the rest of my life until I make sure that you conform to the Word of God. So you stop it and you, call, you bring it under subjection to the will and the word of God. And if you'll do that, you can prevent the bondage and the destruction that the enemy has planned for your life. You don't have to believe the lie. Just because somebody lies to you does not mean you're obligated to believe it. Now, let me show it to you in the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 4, at the beginning of the chapter at the end of chapter 3, Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He comes up, the Holy Spirit sends him into the wilderness. It says, for 40 days to be tempted of the devil. Verse 3, and there's, there's three of these occasions. We're just going to read one because the pattern is established here. Verse 3, the devil said to Jesus, if, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Which, when you haven't eaten in 40 days, is pretty tempting. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, or King James says, it is written, people don't live by bread alone. So much of what the devil does is to deceive us, uh, uh, to, to confuse us about our identity, about who we are. Did you see what he said to Jesus? If you are the Son of God. He's questioning the identity of Jesus. Then he followed up, with a suggestion that, that would cause Jesus to operate outside the, I, his identity and outside the will of God and his purpose for the earth, or on the earth. It, it would have been uh, sin, and it would have eliminated Jesus from the possibility of being the perfect sacrifice for our sin. So these are high stakes. And, and the, the devil tried to deceive Jesus into questioning his, his identity and in, in acting outside of his God-given identity. And the devil does the same to us. He does the same to us. He tries to confuse us about who we are and then get us to do something outside of our identity. Now, it may come out of the mouth of somebody else. You may not hear from the serpent itself. As a matter of fact, if the snake starts talking to you and you ain't got sense enough to run, you deserve what you get. Or you may not face the devil himself the way Jesus did. It may come through the mouth of somebody else, but I promise you one thing, it's still the devil trying to confuse you about who you are. So it may sound like this. If you really love me, you would do this. If you're really as cool as you say you are, then you won't have a problem doing that. If you're smart, you'll do this. If you're really one of us, you'll do that. If you're as brave as you say you are, then you'll do this. If you really like to party like you say you do, then you'll do that or take this or go there. If you really want to look older like you say you do, if you really are independent, if you really are loyal to this company, then you won't have any problem doing this. If you're really a man, if you're really a woman, They get you questioning your identity or feeling that you have to prove your identity and then what usually follows is something that you regret immediately and then he's got you in his snare. Isn't that how it works? That's why it's so important to know the Word of God because the Word is our weapon. It tells us the truth about who we really are. That's what Jesus said. Over and every time the temptation came, he said, it is written. He used the word of God as a weapon to cut to pieces the lie that the enemy was trying to present to him. I was talking this over this week with Cindy Diaz, and, and, and she said this. And it's, it's, really, it's really profound. She said this, we, we've allowed so many voices to shape what we believe about ourselves that we no longer can identify who we actually are. Isn't that right? The more people you allow to speak to the core of who you are, the more confused you're going to get about who you actually are. You, you can't do that. The enemy lies to us. He wounds us in our souls, but the word tells us exactly who we are because it's a sword that cuts through all of the lies, all the confusion, all the other competing voices. See, too many people believe the lie that they're broken, that they're forgotten, that they're worthless, that they're a failure, that they're an abuser, or that they're a victim, that they're hopeless, or helpless, that they're ignorant, they're stupid, they're fat, they're ugly, they're perverted, they're unloved, or even unlovable. You can fill in the blank with a million adjectives to describe what the devil has told you about yourself, but you need to draw the sword of the Spirit and declare your true identity over the lies of the enemy. You draw your sword and you declare, I am loved. I am accepted, I am forgiven, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I am an overcomer, I am more than a conqueror, I am God's delight and the apple of His eye, I am redeemed and called and chosen and set apart that I'm not an accident, that my life was ordained from the foundation of the world, that I have hope and that I have purpose and that I have authority in my relationship with Jesus. We have to know who we are. You say, but John, I'm still in chains. I know it still applies. John, I I still sin. I know it still applies. Because who you are is not about you. It's about him. We're never going to believe ourselves to be worthy of freedom until we believe who he says we are. The word is our weapon that takes captive the lies, cuts them into pieces, and then replaces them with the God's honest truth. You say, now, John, you've been talking about some things. You're using a word I'm not really sure what you mean. You keep saying we need to declare the word. Like, I don't know what that means. Well, it means say it, sing it, sign it, scream it, write it, however you communicate, communicate the Word of God. Why? Because the enemy is the prince of the power of the air around us. Isn't that what the Word says? So when we declare the truth into the open, it's it's like artillery. It's like heaven's artillery into the enemy's camp. The sword of the Spirit is powerful because it's synonymous with the name and the person of Jesus. What happens at the name of Jesus? What happened when Jesus showed up? Demons trembled and fled. Storms were stilled. Troubles were ceased. Battles were won. Light overtook darkness. Well that's the same thing that happens when you declare the word of God into the spiritual atmosphere around you. You the problem is we can't see it. But it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. There's an incredibly powerful effect in the spirit world when we wield the weapons of our warfare because they are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of the arguments and the deceptions even in our own minds. The Word of God is the truth. and The Word of God is a weapon. You say, well, John, that, that's, that's good and, and I'm glad you preached this, but I really needed to hear this like 15 years ago. Because I've already believed some lies. And I've already followed those lies down the inevitable path that they led me on. And now I've got some baggage. Now I've got some habits. Now I've got some things and some consequences of those lies have happened in my life now. Now what am I supposed to do? Well, here's the the third thing, and this one's for you. The word is water for washing. The word is water for washing. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 26. This is in the context of a conversation that Paul is having about the family and, and after he says, wives submit yourself to your husbands. And then he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And then what, the, what we're trying to mine out of this is, is this little nugget about how Christ loved the church. I want you to see this. It says, he, Christ, gave up his life for her, the church, to do what? To make her holy and clean. How? Washed by the cleansing of God's word. Washed. And some translations say, by the water of the Word of God. The water washes away the effects of the lies that we've believed. The effects show up in the patterns of our lives, the things we uh, consistently struggle with. They, but they, they have to be scrubbed out or washed out by the repeated application of the water of the Word. But listen to me. The word promises. We just read it. The word promises that it will make us clean and holy if we'll apply it in the right way. Now, I didn't know um, until I saw the video this morning that Pastor Robbie is starting with this book, uh, Winning the War in Your Mind. In that book, Pastor Craig Rochelle talks about the brain's neural pathways. This is a biological thing. Uh, the way God wired our brains is that the more you think a particular thought, the more ingrained it becomes, right? The more you think of something, the harder it is to forget. Isn't that right, all you brain surgeons? Is that right? All right, so the bad news of that is if you think about a lie and you believe that lie, then it becomes more and more believable and more and more difficult to ignore. The only way to get out of that pattern to break out of to break free from the mental chains or the old habits is to reprogram your mind with the truth you have to repeat the truth over and over again uh, more times than you repeated the lie so that that truth replaces the lie or at least buries it from your from your mind so this is how it works practically let's say you have Um, Oh, I know this doesn't apply to any of us in here. have a problem with our mouths saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Maybe we've got a gossip problem. Maybe we've got some other problem with our mouths. Here's what you do. It's based on a lie. It's based on the lie that you deserve to say whatever you want to say, that you deserve to express yourself however you want to come out. No, you don't. No, you don't. So here's what you do. You pray and declare the scriptures over and over again for that specific issue. I have a couple of suggestions for you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, here's the replacement, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You're welcome. Here's Psalm. You're going to love Psalm 141. You're going to love it. Psalm 141, verse 3. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Do you think you could watch your mouth if Jesus is standing guard over it? It'd be worth a shot, wouldn't it? You, you pray, you let the Word of God just wash over you. I have to put aside all these sins of my mouth. I have to ask Jesus to set a guard over my mouth. And you just pray that, wash yourself in that over and over again until it's no longer a problem. Now, and here's another example. Perhaps you have a problem with lust. Here's the daily prescription of some holy water over this problem. Job 31 and 1. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman or an old woman or whatever your, whatever your deal is, right? Whatever makes you lust. You make a covenant with your eyes. That's a pot, that is a thing. That's what you do. And, and here's one that's really going to ruin lust for you, okay? 1 Timothy we actually had people go, ooh, in the first service. So this is, this is going to work for you, okay? First Timothy chapter 5, treat older women as you would your mother, younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Like, if you got a problem with lust over your mama or your sister, <laughs> um, it just, hopefully it just ruined lust for you. Anybody that's outside of your wife or your husband, they need to be treated like you would your parents or your brothers and sisters. You look at them that way. So you just keep washing that over your mind until it ruins lust for you (laughs) because that's the purpose of the water of the word. You say, John, listen, I understand that and that's maybe like for normal Christian people, but you just don't understand. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how much porn I've looked at and that my mind is just filthy and full of, of perversion John you don't know the abuse that I've been through you don't know what I've seen you don't know the trauma that I've suffered I dream about it every night I, when I close my eyes it's all I can see I'm still suffering from the triggers of that stuff and during the day and then the nightmares of it at night listen to me No matter what you filled your mind with, the Word promises your mind can be renewed. That it can be washed clean. Meditate on the Word of God. Let the Word wash over your mind. Go to sleep listening to the Word of God. There's a dozen apps that let you do that for free. It will read the Bible to you while you sleep. Find a helpful or comforting passage for yourself and just put it on repeat and listen to it over and over and over. One time is not going to work. You know some things have to be pressure washed, right? I've been, y- y'all know Mark Rutland is my, is my spiritual hero and, and I love the stuff that he preaches because it's so practical. And I've been listening to his podcast and he's talking about a book that he wrote called 21 Seconds to Change Your Life. And and it's about the Lord's Prayer um, and the 23rd Psalm. And and it's called that, the book's called that, because it takes about 21 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, he encourages people to pray those two prayers, not, not repeat them, not quote them, but pray them over yourself over and over again. Why is that? Because the Word washes your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Now, I started to say this last week. I don't know why this keeps coming up, but I, there must be somebody listening who has a, some experience or a connection to the Catholic church. Now, what we call the Lord's Prayer in the Protestant church, Catholics call the Our Father because that's how it starts, Our Father who art in heaven. And many times what will happen when a Catholic goes to confession, they will the priest will tell them, you need to go and say a certain number of Hail Marys and, which is a different prayer, or a certain, and or a certain number of our fathers. Why, would, why did they start doing that? Why would, why would you have to do that? Because of the cleansing property of the Word. You wash yourself with the Word of God. If you're having a problem with a particular sin, this is to help wash that out. So if you're struggling with sinful or just disturbing images that, you, that have been ground into your brain by trauma or just by repetition then start tonight praying the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm before you go to sleep. Do it five or ten times before you go to sleep. And commit yourself to doing it for a month. You say, well, John, I'll feel stupid just talking to myself. You're not talking to yourself. You're praying the Scripture over yourself. You're not talking to you. You're talking to God. And you're like, well, I just feel dumb talking to myself. Well, then don't like go stand in the front yard and do it. Go somewhere private and pray it. Like, do you go to the front yard before you go to sleep every night? That's weird. Go somewhere private and pray these things over yourself. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. Well, what you're doing now is not working. It's got to be better than losing sleep, it's got to be better than ambient. Making you do crazy stuff in the middle of the night, right? It's got to be better than that. See if God's word won't begin to wash that stuff away. Try him. Try him and see what he won't do. Listen, I hope this has been helpful. I I hope this makes sense. I hope this is practical and applicable for you. Because Jesus died to set all of us free from the things that bind us, the things that hold us back. The things that keep us from enjoying the abundant life that he talks about in, in John chapter 10. It's, it's time to get free. Covenant life. It's time to get free. To get on, to begin, or to continue on the path to freedom. Now, this, here's something I shared on Facebook this week that, that got some traction with some people. Um, but I want to tell you where it came from so that you can put it in context. Um, I was thinking about my own journey towards freedom, my own journey towards healing. Um, And the thought occurred to me about this particular area, you know, I don't know if I'm getting healed in that area or if I'm just learning to carry it better, but I guess either way I'm making progress. And immediately the Holy Spirit corrected me and he said, getting better at carrying a burden is not progress If you shouldn't be carrying it in the first place, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make us more efficient at carrying our chains. He died to set us free. So the question that we all have to ask ourselves is Isn't it time to get free? Isn't it time? Aren't you tired of the chains? getting free is hard. It's hard. But so is walking around in chains. It's scary. It's intimidating. But freedom is worth the fight. And Jesus, Jesus gives us the resources we need on our path to freedom. A community of freedom and the gospel of freedom. So listen, don't let your pain define you and don't let it confine you. Define yourself by the truth and start getting free today why don't you stand with me please you've been very very patient to stay with me and I appreciate your attention and your attentiveness I want to be free I want to be free in my life I want you free I've tasted enough of it that I know I want more and I've tasted enough to know that you'd want it too if you'll ever get a taste of it. Listen, this is my commitment to you. You say, John, I get it. I heard you. I know there's lies that I've believed in my life about myself and about situations. I know i believe some lies, but I don't know what I need to balance it with. I don't know what part of the word, because it's like 66 books. I don't really know where to start. If you will trust me enough to tell me what the issue is, I will give you as many scriptures as I can find or at least an appropriate amount for you to begin to pray over yourself to let it wash those away. Okay? If you can't find them, I will help find them for you. And if y'all overwhelm me, then I'll get some other brothers and sisters to help me do that as well. But if this is going to be a community of freedom, we got to quit being so afraid of somebody going to find out something about us. We've got to get free. So if you need help finding the truth I'll be happy to do that for you. So listen, gonna, the team's going to sing a song, and we're going uh, to be dismissed after that. But while they're singing, this altar is open because it's never closed. So if you would like to come and pray about this, you want to come and start declaring the word over the lies that you believed, over the situations in your life, you come on down. If there's something else going on in your life that you want to pray about, if you've got a decision to make. You've got a relationship issue. You've got a financial problem, a health problem, whatever that is. The Lord, if he's going to draw you here, he's going to meet you here. So if you want to pray, you come on down and we'll pray together. We'll be dismissed in just a few minutes. But listen, honor what the Spirit is trying to do in your life right now. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for um, your word. And I thank you that it's not this high-minded wisdom that uh, nobody really even understands what you're trying to say. Lord, your word is a light to our feet, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, you illuminate us. You, You show us what you're trying to tell us and you give us your Holy Spirit to understand it. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to hear and understand your word, but most importantly, help us to do it so that we can be free. Lord, I pray over this church, over these people that I love, free. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. That chains have already been broken on the cross. I pray that chains begin to fall to the ground and that people step out of them and just keep walking. Keep running on the path of freedom towards you. Lord, set us free. Draw others who need to be free. God, I pray that you create this as a community of freedom. Jesus'
0: name. Amen.